Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to another episode, virtual episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Josh All. I'm sitting in the virtual host chair today for Blake. He's got some family business going on, but we've got all the J's here. Justin, John, how you guys doing? Doing well. Living the dream. I was going to say, Jess, are you chiming in or <laughs> living nah, the dream? Just, it's whatever. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm getting by, man. <laughs> well, listen, uh, all you listeners out there, we need some more of you guys to send us some fan intros. Uh, we haven't had any actually in a while. So if you send them in, they're going to get played. So head to thedogspodcast.com, click leave voicemail on the menu or on your phone on the drop down menu and send us your intro for the show. We, we want to hear from you. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the major NFL league. News that uh, has come out this past week with the big QB signings. We've got quarterbacks like Derek Carr and Daniel Jones getting some pretty big contracts, I guess. Um, and then we want to dive into the big QB news that really affects the Browns in the AFC North with Lamar Jackson and uh, maybe why no one's jumping to make an offer right away on him. And then uh, we'll probably just wrap it up with some potential free agent talk about some guys that may or may not fit with the Browns at some positions of need. So... Before we dive into all that, I'm going to go through my spiel. So remind everybody, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, follow us. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, click the notification bell so you don't miss any new stuff. We're starting to put out more content every week, so you don't want to miss any of that. Um, we need to clarify, I, I kind of uh, announced a contest the other day on the episode on Tuesday without really running it by anybody, so we didn't have all the details worked out, but... Now you're going to get three ways to enter the contest. So you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. On Apple, you have to include the written review as part of your five-star review. Leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, or you can subscribe uh, on YouTube and tap the notification bell. And then do one, one or all three of those things. That gets you three entries into the contest. Take a screenshot of what you did, whether it was a rating, the, the subscribe and notification on YouTube, whatever it is, take a screenshot and you can email it to bark, B-A-R-K, at thedogspodcast.com, or you can go to thedogspodcast.com slash win, W-I-N, and enter your screenshot there in a form, get all your information. And then each month in 2023, we're going to pick a winner out of that, that entry pool to win a free Brownie the Podcaster Elf t-shirt. So it's pretty exciting. So make sure you guys get those in. The sooner you do, you get more chances throughout the year to win. So like if you enter today, you could win for April, May, June, all the way to December. But if you don't enter until August, well, you miss all these other months at the front of the year. So get your entries in today. And then last thing before we get into all the news, just remember if you want more Browns content, more dog stuff every week, go to jointhedogs.com, become an official dog pack member, join our Browns fans community. It's just an awesome place to be. 
All right, guys, let's just kick everything off with the, the first quarterback announcement, which was surprising because he said he was going to take his time throughout the process, but it didn't seem like he took a whole lot of time. Derek Carr signs a four-year, $150 million contract with the New Orleans Saints. So let's just kind of talk about that contract and whether or not this move makes the Saints contenders. I mean, I like it. I like it for both of them. I mean, for Derek Carr, he kind of had the option to take, you know, what really fit well for him. Um, I mean, I think there was some other options, maybe the Jets, but for him, he's going to a team that they already like have some decent weapons. You, I don't know what we got with Michael Thomas, but Chris Olave is a star. He's going to be great. And then um, depending on what happens with uh, Kamara this year, I mean, there's no other good quarterbacks right now in the NFC South. It looks like a pretty decent path to the playoffs and opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say there's no so quarterbacks for, in NFC South besides Carr right now. Really? Correct. I agree. I agree. And I don't think Derek Carr's a slouch. Like, I think he kind of got caught in a bad situation this past year. I don't know if McDaniels was really ready again. I mean, it kind of failed the first time, but... I don't know. I don't think from what when I watched him and it was only a handful of games, they were pretty I felt like they were pretty run heavy. And then, you know, the, he did make some great throws, but he also made mistakes. He's, you know, an NFL quarterback, but their defense was terrible. They weren't good. What do you think, John? I love the potential I of a high powered offense because it's so fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the question is, do his weapons stay healthy? Um, Michael Thomas can't stay healthy. And Michael Thomas was, uh, he was scary. I mean, he was good when he's healthy, when he was healthy. I mean, it's been a few years really, but last time we saw him play a full season healthy, I mean, he was tearing it up. Yeah. Um, and I'm always like hopeful guy that I want to see that, you know, like I still think Josh Gordon can come back to, you know, Cleveland and and catch for 2000. So (laughs) I'm that guy. Yeah. So is Michael Thomas going to stay healthy? Probably not. But if he does, I think Derek Carr's got a really, really good uh, offense to work with here. I mean, he did have Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and everything last year, and we were surprised how poorly they played. So, you know, it's something – you never really know how a new team's going to work out, but on paper, uh, their offense is scary. Well, I I agree with – sorry, man. I I think you have a good point there with the Raiders. I think he has better weapons this past season – than what he's going to. So, uh, I mean, that's a great, great point. And then I'm I'm not even sure Michael Thomas is going to be on the Saints. Like, last I heard, you know, he might be a cut slash trade. I don't think he's going to be able to get the kind of contract that he thinks he should get from them. Yeah. No, I I totally. You're paying – he's looking for a contract based on his his potential. You know, what can he do when he's great, you know? But, you know, it's just a huge question mark when you're always hurt. It doesn't really matter how good you can be if you're never healthy. Right. Well, you guys made a good point about, you know, how does how's Derek Carr going to be on the new team and all that kind of stuff. So I actually wanted to I was looking at this today. I said, well, let's look at the last three years and let's I wanted to look at the notable quarterbacks that changed teams because we've had so many over the past few years. Um, and kind of how things have shaken out for these teams and these quarterbacks who have done this. So um, notable quarterbacks since 2020, 
Uh, notable quarterbacks for me were guys that were deemed significant or potentially significant improvements over the team's former starter. Uh, these are guys that have never won a Super Bowl before, so I did not include Tom Brady in this breakdown because I think him going to the Bucks was like a little more of an advantage than some of these other guys switching teams and teams being like, I hope this can, guy can get us there. So um, in 2020, it was Phillip Rivers to the Colts. They went 11-5, made the playoffs. Cam Newton to the Patriots, they went 7-8. and eight. Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina, 4-11. and 11. Uh, in 2021, Matthew Stafford went to the Rams. They went 12 and five, won the Super Bowl. Jared Goff went to the Lions. They went three, 10 and one. Carson Wentz went to the Colts, nine and eight. And then last year in 2022, Matt Ryan goes to the Colts. They go four, seven and one under him. Russell Wilson to the <laughs> to the Broncos. They go four and 11. Baker Mayfield to the Panthers, one and five while he was there. And Deshaun Watson, of course, to the Browns, three and three. So over the last three years, if you break that down, notable quarterbacks who have changed teams have a combined record of 58, 73, and two. That's a total win percentage of 436. So they're under 500, just as the win percentage. Uh, of those 10 teams who tried to upgrade their quarterbacks, only three had winning seasons, only two made the playoffs, and of course the Rams won the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. So I was looking at the win percentage of, of these 10 teams over the last three years. It was 436. Uh, Derek Carr's career record is 63 and 79. That puts him at 443. So he's just a little bit above these guys average. So like when I hear that list, I hear older quarterbacks going, you know, going into basically a new team for maybe like a shot at, I hear Indy, you know, I hear. Well, you heard Indy three times. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They do it every year. Other than, let's say, Stafford, and I'll even put Watson in, I think Derek Carr is better than pretty much everybody on that list. And and to me, I think he's substantially better than pretty much everybody on that list, other than those two guys. The only one I would argue with just when he was coming into last year was Russell Wilson. I would have said he was better than Derek Carr. And now the questions are there, but I think when the team traded for him, obviously they thought so. Right. And I think that remains the biggest surprise probably in the NFL in the last couple of years, at least maybe longer for them to go four and 11 with Russell Wilson is crazy. Yeah. Their offense was terrible. Their defense was was the only thing that saved that team. Their offense was awful. Yeah. And yeah, nobody saw that coming, but I don't know what it was with him. Maybe he's just getting older, but I thought they were going to be, Formidable. Well, it'll be interesting to see this year because now, you know, new coach and everything, you know, Sean Payton, it'll be. If he can't do it with Sean Payton, then he can't do it. Probably can't do it. Probably probably yeah. should hang it up. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So just a couple other notes on the Derek Carr thing. I mean, what's going in his favor, we've already talked about it. The NFC South blows like it's a terrible yeah. division. He like, like I said, and we talked about, he's the only established quarterback in that division right now. The, the other three teams might all be starting rookies in 2023. Yeah. Two of them probably or, will be, and one definitely will be. Or, I, even like for Tampa Bay, let's say they don't get a veteran guy. Let's say they don't get a Jimmy G or um, just another available quarterback that's out there, What depending on how it shakes out. For me, I'm, uh, I completely lost my train of thought just now. <laughs> that's all right, man. If it comes Holy back, crap. if it comes back, let me. 
<clears throat> let me know. But I think this oh, is- I, bro, I was trying to do Kyle Trask and completely <laughs> forgot his name, bro. <laughs> Jesus. That's all right. right. Hey, mark that point real quick. Mark that point. <laughs> no, we don't edit this thing. I said that the, unless I start coughing. So, <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you there. I think that it's a guy that's not ready to be a starting quarterback is going to probably be a starter for those three teams. Either it's Rita Desmond in Atlanta, and then you have Kyle Trask in Tampa Bay and Carolina. Matt Corral is it right now. Or, yeah, I mean, what are they are they doing anything with Darnold or, you know. I don't think he's don't. under contract this year. Yeah. So, and the relationship, I think a big thing, too, for Derek Carr in going there was Dennis Allen was on that staff in uh, in Oakland. I, I don't believe he was the head coach, but he basically was there when he was drafted. Maybe there's a little bit of comfort there. You know, could be good situation. Maybe trust the guy, but I think it's a good situation. Well, I guess just right. one last thing about the Derek Carr contract itself. Um, it was a $150 million contract with $100 million guaranteed, which comes out to $37.5 million a year, which I think is on the lower end for quarterbacks. I, I, yeah. So that, yeah, it sure is. Yeah, I thought that well. was interesting. But if if you guys watched Tuesday's show when I was talking about Deshaun Watson's contract, if we talk about contracts in terms of percentages, um, the way the Saints have it structured this year, uh, Carr's only going to take up three point two one percent of the team's cap. But next year, that moves up to fifteen point two in twenty twenty four. And as a reminder, Deshaun's percentage of the cap is twenty two. So seven percentage points higher than Carr will be next year, just for reference. Okay. So anything else about uh, the Derek Carr stuff? I would just say as far as the contract goes, I think it's a pretty good deal for the Saints. Yeah. Kind of seemed like it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good it's a good deal for both parties, honestly. I mean, the Saints get hopefully a really good quarterback at a decent price. Carr gets a, a second opportunity to prove himself. I mean – he did have some really good years in Oakland. He's shown flashes that he can be a very high-level quarterback. It's just he just doesn't really put it all together for a full season. Completely fair. Sure, that's completely fair. All right. Well, another guy who doesn't put it all together for a full season is uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, got a four-year, hundred sixty million dollar deal, eighty-two million guaranteed from the Giants. So. Uh, his annual salary is forty million, which is higher than Derek Carr. So, it's crazy. would you guys pay Daniel Jones more than Derek Carr? No, I would not. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> He's got a got a hell of an agent. Yeah. Well, okay. He sure so, does. go back to the percentages here. So, uh, the way they have it structured this year, it's eight point two percent of the cap, but next year is projected to be fifteen point four two percent of the Giants' cap. So now you're looking at: Are you paying Daniel Jones fifteen percent of your cap, or Deshaun Watson twenty two percent of your cap? I'll pay Deshaun Watson twenty two. I guess it depends. I guess it depends if Daniel Jones continues. I guess to progress, he didn't play bad this past season. He I did. thought there was. One. Go ahead. I say ahead. you're right. He didn't, but it was but one year. One year uh, with a new coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I do. I think that he has weapons. Like as far as his legs, his arms, can he do things? Yeah. I honestly, other than Saquon, though, they haven't really put anybody around him that can stay healthy. No. Uh-uh. I mean, Galladay was a ghost there. Sterling Shepard, literally, it's been, I have him on a fantasy team. I've, I've, it's been years since he, I have moved him off my IR. Like he's just, 
Always. He hurt. just lives there. Always hurt. Um, I mean, if they get a big, nice number one receiver or something, who knows? But I did hear something that the contract's really friendly for New York, that after two years, they can kind of just get their way out of it. So if it's not working out, you know, there's a chance that they can just move on. If I was them, I kind of would have experimented <laughs> a little bit with free agency. There's good quarterbacks out there that I believe that if you're really believing that you're ready for a run, do it. But, you know, for them, I mean, it works for both sides. Daniel Jones, good for him. He, That's a great contract for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be turning that contract down if I were Daniel Jones, for sure. Uh, so I like it for him. Uh, it is a risky move. I think it's also just kind of the price to pay for a quarterback, though. Um, I don't really know who to compare him to, but when you, I, I don't think the Giants are like, I just don't think they want to go out and, and be the Browns and draft a quarterback every year. I think they want to build around him, you know, and he can be that guy for them. And if maybe their theory is if you put enough pieces around him, they can have success. Well, well we're going to have some years here to figure out if that actually works or not. I think we'll see really quick next year if uh, 2022 is a flash in the pan or if Daniel Jones did take that next step. Because right. let's put it this way, if he didn't actually take the next step, I mean, a, a run like that doesn't last. Like you can't really continue it into the next year very long. And he's got to take a step. Yes. I think you saw like as far as other than quarterback play and maybe wide receiver, you saw flashes of a really great, well-coached team. Yeah, I, you know they exceeded expectations by a mile for me. I thought they were going to be awful. Three, four wins. I, I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy. I didn't think Saquon would do what he did this past year, as far as even staying healthy. And then he produced um, way past expectations, other than his rookie year. But um, I don't know. It's rough, but you have to do what you got to do. Like John, John made a great point. That's pretty much what the market's going to be if you want a quarterback. Yep. You got to take a risk. I mean, if, if you think he could be your guy, do you want to start over with a potential free agent? None of these none of these free agents are going to be like high-level miles above of Daniel Jones as far as what he's going to bring the team. They're not in a good position to get a, you know, a, a top-level quarterback in the draft. Yeah, they, they finished well enough that, you know, they're – they're pretty high up in draft. And then other than maybe Rodgers and then Jimmy G, I guess it depends on how you feel about Jimmy G. Right. Whether Jimmy G and Daniel Jones, I guess you take pros and cons with both. But uh, yeah, they kind of had to do what they had to do. Yep. Well, I guess we can go ahead and move on to the big one. You guys want to talk about Lamar Jackson? Yeah. I would love to talk about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Spring is in the air, and that can only mean one thing, spring grilling. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to spring into something delicious with their semi-annual sale. With 50% off site-wide, grab all your favorites like perfectly aged, tender steaks, ocean-fresh seafood, juicy burgers, incredible air-chilled chicken, and decadent desserts. Plus, when you go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout, you'll get an extra 
$30 off your order. It's the perfect way to get fired up and spring into something special. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use code DOGS at checkout. Take advantage of this deal right now. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away and you're going to want to hurry because 50% off site-wide is only happening for a limited time. So don't miss your chance to save big right now. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S at checkout. Get that additional $30 off when you shop their semi-annual sale today. Minimum order may be required. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So an hour before the deadline on Tuesday, the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I saw that, I was like, hang on, non-exclusive franchise tag. This isn't something you hear teams doing a lot, um, very often at all. So the non-exclusive franchise tag, its they said it's over $10 million cheaper for the team, but other teams can now negotiate and agree to a deal with Lamar. And then the Ravens have the opportunity to either match that offer or they can let Jackson go to that team and get first, you know, multiple first round picks in 2023 and 2024 in return. Um, so I was saying much to my chagrin, uh, Mr. Aaron Butler, I'm sure you're watching. I know it's your favorite podcast. The Ravens are 45 and 16 with Lamar as their starter, but they are just one and three in the playoffs. He just turned 26. He's a former MVP and reporters are coming out saying that several teams are instantly not interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson. So let's talk about it. Is this because he wants a fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson? Are NFL owners trying to move away from these fully guaranteed contracts before they become more of the norm? Or is Lamar just not as good as he thinks he is in the eyes of the league? So I'm going to say yes, yes, no. That's where I'm at. I think so when you I would like you to name these teams off real quick because I know these teams, but. Well, here we go. Let's do this. We'll do the timeline because the timeline was kind of interesting too. So at 3.02 PM, Jackson gets tagged by the Ravens. So at 3.16, this is all on Twitter, right? So 3.16, Falcons reporters comes out. Falcons are not interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson. 3.35, Raiders said, not likely. 4.30, Panthers not expected to be in. 4.49, Commanders are out. 5.22, Dolphins said, we're all in on Tua. Okay. So I'm glad you hit on that. Yeah. Um, other than the Dolphins, for me, because they have Tua, and when Tua was healthy, Tua was balling out. Yeah, he Tua looked good. Played. Tua looked great. Um, if he can stay on the field, I think they have something there. The other teams, I'm very confused because I feel like there's huge just question marks at quarterback. And you have the opportunity. Now, if it comes down to we don't want to give away two first-round picks, 
I get it. I get it. Do you want to build around a guy that you took in the third round if you're Atlanta? Okay, cool. But if you're if you're ready to win or if you're ready to build something, why wouldn't you just at least take the shot at it? Because as much we talk a lot of crap about Lamar Jackson, but at the end of the day, the guy's a playmaker. He can do things with the ball that nobody else can, as far as it rosters on you know quarterback. So I just commanders. I I don't know what the hell they're doing at quarterback. <laughs> I would I would go and get Lamar Jackson. I mean, to, unless you're planning on jumping up and getting a elite one of these four quarterbacks who they're and I'm there's question marks in that if you're doing that. I mean, Bryce Young's kind of small, but he, I think he'll be all right. Stroud's nice, but would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Will Levis? You know, like to me, I and we uh, it comes down to a passing. Uh, still, the the narrative <coughs> is that Lamar Jackson can't pass, right? That that's what we all say. That's what we all say. If you look at his numbers, bro, we're kind of just super tough on the dude. And whether it's a division or not, he's been, other than his rookie year, he's been pretty much 62, 63% completion percent. And you might go, oh, that's kind of low. If you look at Josh Allen, other than one year, his numbers, as far as completion percent, are kind of like that. Now, Josh Allen's a different, you know what I mean? Well, Justin, I think the reason for that. Yes. To me, Lamar, he's the Steph Curry of the NFL. Okay. Is, is Steph Curry that good at getting to the hole, or is his threat as a three-point shooter what gets him to the hole? You know, Lamar, his completion percentage is decent because he was so good on his legs. There were wide-open receivers all the time, wide right. open. Right. When Lamar is stopped, when you figure out how to stop Lamar, it becomes much harder for him to complete a pass. That's what we saw. So – if you're looking at the game itself and rather than a stat sheet, yeah, I think yeah. it poses some problems. The league always figures out how to defend a running quarterback. It might take a season or two, but the league always figures it out. When they figure it I out. I disagree, bro. I disagree. Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen are running all over people. Well, Josh Allen, Allen, now Josh Allen is a much better thrower. I agree. Completely agree, bro. But – and it will translate to the next team also. It's not like he's I would, I would argue that the league I would argue that the league has figured out Lamar to a much greater extent than they did the year he won MVP though. For sure, okay. bro. Yeah. That was 2019. There obviously yeah, the second you put tape on a film, guys can figure you out a little bit better. There's tape on everybody. I mean, that was four years ago. Obviously, there's gonna be ways that you can game plan and kind of try to eliminate it. But if you look, they, people don't. When he's healthy, bro, he, he's giving you 100 yards rushing all day pretty much. Two seasons ago, he led the league in interceptions before he had a season-ending injury. Yeah, it was two years ago, man. We had Baker Mayfield two years I know. ago. Things happen. I know. Change. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? I'm saying I think a lot of people are still riding the wave of 2019 for Lamar. He hasn't been 2019 Lamar in 2020, 2021, or 2020. Okay, let me... And then if you're... Go ahead, buddy. No, no, go. Finish what you're saying. The only thing also is he hasn't been healthy. So if that's another red flag, if you're one of these teams where you're not sure that he's going to be able to be durable enough, I also get that. But to me, it's crazy that you're going to go, we're rolling Sam Howell out there. You know what I mean? So that I agree with you. I would make a trade for Lamar if I were... Those five teams... 
Carolina. Other than Dolphins are a terrible situation at quarterback. You know a team that has a lot of first-round picks because we gave it to them and they really need a Houston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would make that trade if I were Houston. I think the question, though, what's the minimum amount of first-round picks you're giving up for Lamar? Two. All it is is two on this tag. Guys, I don't okay. think it's the first-round picks. On this non-conditional tag. It's two not first-round picks. To me, it's not the first-round picks. The it's, the, it's the fully guaranteed contract because – I, and this kind of goes into what you were saying, John. Like, if I'm a team and I'm looking, like, okay, I got to give up some first round picks to go get, you know, my franchise quarterback. I think teams would be more willing to do that. But when it comes on top of, wait, now this guy wants a fully guaranteed contract in the vicinity of what Deshaun Watson got. What I would be looking at is this right here that I wrote out. So, Lamar Jackson, yes, he's a former MVP. He went 13 and two with 3,100 yards, 36 touchdowns, and only six picks when he won that MVP. The next season, they won 11-4. He dropped down to 2,700 yards, went 26-9. and nine. 26 touchdowns, 9 picks. The next two years, though, only started 12 games because of injury. 7-5 and five for 2,900 yards, 16 touchdowns, 13 picks, what you were saying, John. And then he went 8-4 and four with 2,200 yards, 17-7. and seven. Rushing yards have gone down every year since he's been an MVP. Um, and like I said in here, <clears throat> like it's not on the same scale, but you're seeing the same trend that I think teams and the Browns were seeing with Baker Mayfield decline. Like it's not like Lamar hit MVP and then repeated or came close to it. He's he's slowly come down each year from that, and now he's asking for that guaranteed con. It'd be different if he was ascending and last year he won that MVP and had an amazing season. Yeah, he could come out here and ask for that fully guaranteed contract, and teams might give it to him. Well, he wouldn't have got franchise tag. Baltimore would have given it to him. Fair. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a great point. But if he can't stay healthy, I don't understand the fully guaranteed. Like, I get that. I feel like teams kind of try to push back on that. They don't want to pay fully guaranteed contracts. No, they don't want to. The Sean Watson thing, that was like a huge one-off. Owners were ticked, you know. The, if, if he was willing to kind of come down on the fully guaranteed or even take a short-term fully guaranteed deal, if it's two years or something like that, that would make sense. But, I mean, it is risky to give a guy four four years, you know, let's say 230. Let's say it's 235 because Deshaun got 230. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a guy that missed, what, five games last year and four the year before right? and was kind of banged up. So what's if you're in a desperate situation though for a quarterback, I pulled the trigger all day. Yeah, all I, day. I've seen a lot of the. Uh, I don't, have you guys seen on social media and stuff? And some of these reporters are talking about this Lamar contract situation, saying, "Well, you know, why wouldn't you give him?" Like what? Basically, they're saying that Deshaun Watson's not as good as Lamar Jackson. So if one of these two guys should have gotten that fully guaranteed contract, it should have been Lamar and not Deshaun Watson, which. I don't necessarily agree with because I was and I wasn't looking at regular season stuff because Watson's been in the league a little longer than Lamar. But if you look at their playoff numbers, which I think is important because like we always rag on the Ravens fans like, sure, you guys can win the regular season. You can't win in the playoffs. It doesn't really matter. You're sitting at home with the rest of us watching the Super Bowl. So if you look at their completed air yards per game over their career, Deshaun Watson averages 150 Lamar, 100. Deshaun Watson's playoff record is 1-2. and two. Lamar is 1-3. and three. So they've, you know, Lamar's got one extra game on Deshaun, but they got the same wins. In one fewer game, though, Deshaun only has 30 fewer passing yards in the playoffs. 
<clears throat> excuse me, Deshaun Watson's completion percentage is 63.5. Lamar's is 56. Deshaun's touchdown to interception ratio, four to one. Lamar, three to five in the, in the playoffs. So that makes Deshaun's touchdown percentage 3.2. Lamar's is 2.2. Deshaun's interception ratio is 0.8. Lamar's 3.7. Deshaun's quarterback rating in the playoffs is 91 and Lamar is 68. So I, I think the playoff numbers tell a different story. What do you guys think? Nah, I don't know, man. I, <clears throat> we're talking about four games. And I, to your point, if you're Lamar Jackson's agent, or I know he doesn't have an agent, but like if you're in that circle, I'd also be banging the drum that I should be making more than Deshaun Watson. I, I know we're going to say that's crazy, but if you think about it, especially with a guy that you, it's your franchise guy, I think he has a very valid argument to say, hey, you know, I won MVP. Whether it was four years ago or not, you know, hey, we've we've done big things together. I might have exited the playoffs a little early, but hey, the, the framework was there. And probably, I don't depending on what happens, might still be, but I don't know, man. I at, Honestly, right now, we're paying Deshaun Watson for what we saw in Houston. Right. Because we didn't get that guy. We didn't get that guy in Cleveland. You know what I mean? Just I know it was, whether it was rust or I'm unfamiliarity with the playbook or whatever happened, just chemistry, game speed. He's got a fair argument to say I should be making more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. If you really want me, this is what I want. It's fair. Well, the market will speak for itself. So – you know, if someone pays him that, then he's obviously worth that to that team. Right. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I think people are scared to pay somebody that much money who might end up getting hurt. I think and, anybody. If you, I think even like a major, major good quarterback, let's, let's say top five guy, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to get an all-guaranteed contract or Justin Herbert. You know what I mean? Maybe, I guess. But Cincinnati doesn't have, you know – as far as paying players the greatest history, you know, they've kind of always cheapskated out and rotated to the next guy. And so we'll see, but. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Well, Justin, let me just ask you though. Did, did you read yes. this tweet that I put in here from Jason Lockenfora? Um, I'm sure I did, but okay. just refresh me real quick. So he tweeted out the other day, he said, if Jimmy Haslam waited one year, a year when everyone knew he wouldn't get more than four to six games out of Watson anyway, he could have landed a far better quarterback and a far better person in Lamar Jackson for the same money. And Browns fans would have finally celebrated him and he'd have crushed their rival. Oh, well. What do you think? Should we have waited a year and taken Lamar Jackson or would you rather be rolling into 23 with... Deshaun Watson. To me, like hypothetical questions like that are just irrelevant. It doesn't matter what we think or what we should have done. We have Deshaun Watson, which I think I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I don't think if Lamar Jackson would have went to Cleveland, I don't think that Browns fans would have like turned their head. I think that they, I think he could have done some big things if he came to Cleveland, just depending on what how we designed our offense around him, if we did that. But we have Deshaun Watson. And if Deshaun Watson gets to, let's say, 80, 85% of what we saw in Houston, 
and we start building on that and we put weapons around that sky's the limit but i don't i'm very okay with saying hey i'd rather have deshaun watson than lamar jackson and i might get burned on that years down the road but as of right now i hopefully potential going forward <coughs> that's what we're going okay john you got anything to add you good no, I would agree with with what Justin just said. I'd rather have Deshaun, but I legitimately think Deshaun is better. I can't judge him based on the six games he played in Cleveland. I just don't think that's fair. But we'll see. Um, if Deshaun doesn't have success in Cleveland, you know my my life story tells me that's probably Cleveland's fault, not Deshaun's. But we'll see. I don't know. I mean, if the past thirty years, you know told a story that would be the story for sure <laughs> that is that is the story that is the story but yeah i mean and what i keep reminding everybody too is you know i think our expectations for deshaun we were too hyped last year we had too high of expectations i mean this guy was coming off of you know what 700 days of not playing football and he's coming into the league when everybody's got everybody's going against has 11 games of already game experience in the season plus the preseason and training camp and everything flowing you know the chemistry with the team the coaches all that stuff the routine the preparation he comes in cold just absolutely cold you know with six games to go and it looked like it it looked rough it looked pretty bad I mean he he did not play well but I really do expect that to be different in 23. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whatever is going on in your life, BetterHelp could be a great option for you. BetterHelp is convenient, flexible, affordable therapy that's custom built for you. And best of all, it's 100% online so you don't have to leave the comfort of your home. And finding the right person is just as easy. Just fill out a short questionnaire and it'll match you with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for any reason at no additional charge. Look, we all have stuff we're carrying around. And finding someone that you can just talk to a professional to just talk through it. It really, truly helps. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S today for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash dogs. Let's see what time we run into here. Let's talk about Jesse Bates real quick. Because uh, we had Quincy Carrier on the show last week and he kind of I guess, cautioned Browns fans against wanting really badly to have Jesse Bates come in, especially for the money the Browns are going to have to pay him. They're projecting his market value at $14 million. Um, he did come out and say that he was interested in playing in Cleveland, playing with Deshaun Watson. Um, so I just kind of wanted to talk about whether you thought bringing in Jesse Bates to replace JJ3 was worth $14 million when, you know, we honestly have a lot of gaps we got to fill. We got to plug the hole in the defensive line. Uh, we could use that money to get some studs there. Um, but before I go into any of the PFF information, I mean, just off the top, what do you guys think about Jesse Bates? Yeah. So, ahead, Jason. so my biggest thing, you already hit on it, man, is the money. That's the biggest thing to me. Um, would I say that I've watched a bunch of tape on Jesse Bates? Not really, man. The only time I really watch is pretty much when the Browns are playing him. You know what I mean? Um, so I think for us, and you nailed it when you said <laughs> there's so many holes, the line, the defensive line, uh, are we going to bring, uh, Ethan Postick back? I mean, I don't think we have a lot of money to work with right now. 
as far yeah. as I know there's going to be some salary cap increases, but it's kind of tight. So to me, <clears throat> unless, hey, you want to come play with Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to come play here making a little bit less than you want. You know what I mean? Then maybe what you probably could be worse. Are you going to take less money to play with Deshaun Watson? If you really believe in the situation and get to play your former team two times a year, cool. But to me, it makes me very nervous paying $14 million or over that if you're going to go really get him and win him and wow him. Well, I totally agree. I, It's a lot of money, and it might be a need. We cut John Johnson, but it's not our biggest need. We have – we have a very hard, hard time pressuring the quarterback. Miles is like the only guy that can do it. So I want to see that money. I know there's some free agents out there. And, you know, when it comes <laughs> to guys like, you know, Bobby Wagner or something, that's just a pretty unrealistic, you know, expectation for us to go out and get somebody like that. But I would – I'd rather spend that money on the defensive line or, you know, linebacker. There's something where we're really, really weak. Um Safety is, like I said, it's it's a need, but it's not our biggest need. So it's just so much money to spend on him. And Quincy brought up some really good points last week with, you know, we get caught up in these, you know, really big plays. We're not watching. You know, we don't see all the things he struggles to do. Right. Right. So that's why I wanted to look at the PFF numbers. Um, so just for reference, I looked at uh, John Johnson the third. Last year in 2022, his PFF grade was 62.8. He was ranked 57 out of 88 safeties that were graded. So not very, not very good. Not even top half. Uh, Jesse Sounds Bates. Right. Jesse Bates was a 71.9 grade. So not quite 10 points higher than JJ, but he was ranked 24th out of 88. And he's the number one free agent safety. So of the free agent safeties, the best one you're going to get is number 24 based on PFF. And then I looked at like Jordan Poyer, who I know Quincy mm-hmm. brought up last week as well. He had a 65.7 grade and he was 48 out of 88. And just for context, uh, Kyle Hamilton was the number one safety with a grade of 87.6. So, I mean, take the grades for what they were, but when we did sign JJ three, a couple years ago, you know, he was coming off a number three finish and he was the, the top free agent safety and we got him. So I think there is, and and look how it played out. So that's what I was thinking. There's a little truth in what Quincy said when, when he said teams let these guys go for a reason. Yeah. You know, if Jesse Bates was a big time difference maker for their defense, he's not hitting the market. (laughs) So for me, I'm a hundred percent with you guys, John, I think you kind of nailed it too. If we're going to go spend some money, I'd like it to be spent on the defensive line. And ESPN kind of released like a a biggest free agent, you know, who would fit well. Cleveland was uh, Javon uh, Hargrove from Philly. Yep. Um, If we got him and we paid him, I would be completely fine with that based on what I saw from that guy last year and what I think he could do in a system with Miles Garrett. And Schwartz kind of needs a guy. Like he has Miles Garrett, but – He's been notoriously known as like a, you know, an interior defensive line. Like he always has that one guy that, you know, he kind of builds around and he doesn't have that right now. I don't think yeah. Elliot's that guy. I don't think anybody pretty much on our roster right now. Mm-mm. Maybe uh, Winfrey, if he can develop and 
I th- I see potential, but like other than that, it's it's pretty tough. It's not good. No, that guy is not on the roster right now. The Jim Schwartz guy. No, absolutely not. I was super confused. I'm like, which guy are we talking about? Because they're all pretty. <laughs> we names. Yeah, and you know they're guys. gonna take I mean, that, that guy. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, he doesn't have that guy. You know. Yeah, and Barry Barry's got to take that. You know, he did. He took that into consideration when he made the hire. For sure. So I would. You have to think that's the guy they're going to go after is is some interior defensive line type of guy. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, are we kind of all in agreement here that Jesse Bates is not a priority for the Browns right now? I'm in agreement with you. And I'm okay with that. I And I'm okay even if they bring him on board. Just I don't think that you can throw 14 to like 16 million at him and then expect that we're not going to do the same things that we've done the last few seasons. Right. And I mean, having a top level yeah, a safety in the back doesn't matter if the running back's yeah. gashing you every single play. Right. right. Exactly. Completely. All right. Um, well, we got a little time left here. Do you guys want to just run over? Uh, I got a, I got a free agent that has been popping up in some reports that the Browns, well, actually this guy is interested in coming to Cleveland because he used to play uh, in Ohio. He's a former Ohio state guy. Former Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell is reportedly interested in joining the Browns as a free agent. So quick notes on Paris Campbell. He's a fast guy, but he's often been injured. Uh, I feel like he could give the Browns, you know, the deep field stretching element that we need. He could open up the offense a little more, help out the run game, the underneath passing attack. Quick notes on him. Second round pick in 2019 by the Colts, 59th overall. Played four seasons. He's played in each season. It was seven games, two games, six games. And then just now in 22, he played 16 out of the 17 games. Caught 63 out of 91 targets for 623 yards and three touchdowns. So I kind of see him as an Anthony Schwartz replacement with his capabilities and his skill set. And honestly, I think Anthony Schwartz needs to go. And I think we need somebody to fill that role. And uh, his market value projection right now is just $2.5 million for probably a one-year deal. So I don't see a whole lot of risk in it. I don't know. What do you guys think about Paris Campbell? I mean, you, how do you not upgrade over Anthony Schwartz? I mean, you could sign almost anybody. <laughs> With Schwartz, and I was excited to get him, fastest guy you know, in the draft. Yeah. But he's got a lot more problems than his hands. You know, his I, route running yeah. isn't there. Scared to get hit. Confidence. Um, you know, yeah, he's he's got a lot of issues. And I would love to see him get better but because he's so fast. But history's not showing me that that's going to happen. So I think you do have to go out there and get somebody. So with Paris Campbell, you know, and the, the things that you just pointed out, just he just played 16 games, so that's good. Um, you didn't mention, and I don't happen to know, was he playing so few games before that due to injury or was it productivity? I'm pretty sure it was injury. Pretty sure. Yeah. And like, it's not a lot of money though, like you said. So it, it's pretty much worth taking a shot. Well, okay. So I'd be on board. With I was going to say for, for a reference point, trying to find my note here. So right now on the Browns, they've got a, uh, an offensive tackle. Joe Hag is getting paid 2.5 million a year and, this year, that's just under 1% of our cap. So I'd be willing to give less than 1% of the cap to Paris Campbell to come in and be our number three, maybe number four. If David Bell steps up, 
you know, I, I think DPJ is that that really solid number two receiver. But Paris Campbell could be a great slot receiver, great downfield, you know, vertical threat when we need him to be. He doesn't need to be in there. We don't need a, a number one or number two kind of guy. So I think he could fit. I agree. If you can get him cheap, I mean, it's it's not it's very low risk. I think even something too, if they decide that they don't really want to go that direction. Like when I look at the draft, it looks kind of nice at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like there's a that elite, like a Jamar Chase, like right out the bat right there. But like as far as when the rounds kind of start playing out, there's still I'm still seeing like a lot of quality guys that we saw in college do good things. So, I you know, there's that insurance there. If you want to put the money in somewhere else, I'm fine with that. Yep. Okay. Well, that kind of wraps up everything we wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you guys wanted to hit on before we close the show? Oh, really? All good? I'm good, man. Okay, well, if you guys want a little extra content this week, we've got a, another episode we're going to put out on the after hour. So go to jointhedogs.com. I mean, next week, Monday, the, the legal tampering period starts. Wednesday, free agency opens. So we're going to have stuff to talk about next week. Fun. It's exciting. Things are ramping up. So if you guys haven't subscribed on YouTube, make sure you do. We're going to be putting out videos like crazy coming up. A lot of stuff to go over. We don't want to miss anything and you don't want to miss anything. So make sure you follow us. Um, Thanks to everybody who's tuning in. Blake should be back next week. So you won't have to hear me talk as much and hopefully I'm not coughing anymore. So that'll be two really good things. So to everybody out there watching, we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.